Jen Zamparelli on 2FM with Leia Healthcare. Always a beat ahead. Visit LeiaHealthcare.ie. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. It is time for sex and relationship, but uh, it's our therapy session. But Rachel is away this week. Uh, but I'm delighted to be joined by sex and intimacy specialist Grace Alice O'Shea is on the line. Hello. How's it going, Grace? Are you well? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Grace, uh, let's get right in, okay? So as we okay. start a new year, listeners might already feel that they're supposed, uh, you know, they're, they're not, ha- might be feeling like they're not having as much, sex as they should or that they should be a certain way in bed with a partner why is it important to never feel you inverted commas should yeah I hear the word should so many times in my work like no matter what age group I'm working with I hear that word over and over and what I always say is like no matter what the issue is or no matter what the thing people are worried about like it's actually the shame around it that causes the issue, you know, that causes the problem um, and kind of stops people from reaching out and asking for help. Um, so like one thing I do with everyone I work with is the first thing we look at is what shoulds or what kind of unhelpful beliefs are you still buying into Mm -hmm. and which of them are serving you and which of them aren't. And a lot of them aren't serving them, you know, whether it be, oh, I should be having sex this many times a month or I should be quicker to have an orgasm or slower to have an orgasm, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Um, So like, although my work obviously is sex education, there's a lot of learning in that. Like the heart of it really is the unlearning, the unlearning of the should. So it's so, so important. Okay. How much of an influence does the culture we live in condition our outlook on our sexual confidence when it comes to things like, you know, body confidence or ableism Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff? Oh, it's it's huge. Like there's an enormous, enormous influence there. And when we think of Ireland particularly, if you're anything like myself, Jen, like maybe you didn't have a lot of sex education in school. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I didn't. <laughs> um and most people I talk to are kind of in a similar boat. So sure. in the absence of like good sex education, we we turn to things like the media. We turn to things like maybe porn or things, you know, online or whatnot. And those things really exist to entertain rather than to educate. So they give really unrealistic ideas about sex, about relationships. And what I kind of find is that people can be really hard on themselves. Yeah. So they kind of come to me and they're like, look, I know better. I know that this isn't a realistic idea of sex. And I know that, I don't know, maybe I should be getting more pleasure. I should communicate more. Again, all the shoulds. And they're just really frustrated with themselves for not being more confident and not being more sex positive. But I always try and kind of instill a bit of self-compassion there of, but where would you have learned these things? You know, unless you've gotten that really amazing sex education they get in places like the Netherlands and whatnot, most of us are, you know, stumbling around in the dark for a bit. Um, so, yeah, no, the culture and the media and all of that does definitely have a big influence. OK, you touched on something there because, uh, like yourself, obviously, sex education was fairly basic now. And that's been uh, complimentary uh, yeah. in my day. Would you? Oh, so what are the young people like now, would you say, and the people that you deal with? Do they, do they have more sexual confidence or because of outside influences like online and porn and all mm-hmm. these things that it's actually as bad or worse? Yeah, I would say it's definitely different. So I run a program in schools and it's called Oracy and Me. And when I started the job, I think it was about over eight years ago, 
I was going in and I was thinking, sure, these young people are going to know everything. Like they grew up on the internet, they're internet kids, like they have all the information. What am I going to be able to teach them? And I quickly realized like they're just as confused as ever, maybe just in a different way than we were or the generation before. But they have so much information now online that it can be overwhelming. Mm. And they've a lot of really negative messaging as well as positive. So, you know, obviously there's positive things. I'm thinking even of, you know, the Netflix show, Sex Education and whatnot, mm-hmm. like there's really good media out there but then yeah there's low really easy access to pornography um that's you know a a big issue at the moment there's influencers kind of like Andrew Tate and these people who are sending out really toxic messaging which is really confusing young people so like I still think you know even though they are growing up in a different time and they're definitely more aware of things around consent and like boundaries and um well that's good That's good. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. But there is still a lot of shame there around, you know, even with young girls, I find they're so young and they've already kind of absorbed this shame around their bodies, even around their genitals, like what their vulva looks like, um, like hair on their bodies, you name it. Like it sets in at such a young age. Um, So sex education, obviously, I'm very biased, but I think it's just incredibly important. I think we need to keep pushing with it in this country. And and I feel, to be honest with you, Grace, I think parents have a responsibility. Sometimes a lot of parents would, you know, bury their heads in the sands, go, oh, Mm -hmm. you know, that's up to the the school and let them learn that at school because it's it's Mm -hmm. an embarrassing conversation to have. But what would your advice be for any parents who are listening right now, hearing you talk about, you know, preteens and teenagers and kids being overwhelmed? by the information out there yeah and I've actually started to work a lot more with parents for this reason because there is definitely a demand there um look I I totally hear you for any parent thinking that it's really hard to teach what you haven't been taught and if you were brought up in a certain way like it takes a lot of work you know to do on yourself first before then acting essentially as a sex educator for your child I wouldn't just leave it up to the school because you know research shows that the best sex education comes from multiple sources so from school um, from parents, uh, from people like myself as well. Um, so what I would say is, you know, again, just try and be gentle with yourself. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to know all the answers. But at least if you're a safe person for your child to come to, like, you know, say if, if your child comes to you and they say that they've seen something online that's really upsetting, or maybe they, they come to you and, because I hear this a bit now that they think maybe they're they're addicted to watching stuff online and they're really worried You know, if you react to that in a really emotional way or shame them or say you're disappointed, they probably won't come to you next time. Mm -hmm. You know, they probably won't come to you again. So while it's really challenging, it's really important to just hold that space for them and then go and find help either from someone like myself or there's other organizations in Ireland as well um you know to support yeah. you as a parent and you there's need books Grace that. there's a load of books out there online yes. in libraries in shops yes. that they can go and and Absolutely. get the get the knowledge that they need um let's talk about couples for a second because when it comes yeah. to couples what are some simple steps that a couple who might feel they're in a bit of a rut uh, in the bedroom what simple steps could could they take to make 2024 a better year for them? Yes, I love this question. And obviously, it's never one size fits all. And mm-hmm. each couple is different. Each situation is unique. But some, 
I suppose, based on what I work with the most, um, some kind of useful tips for everyone. I think four things. So I think firstly, the unlearning, right? So looking at the shoulds, um, I always say like, don't play by someone else's rule book. You have to make your own. You have to figure out what works for you and your partner. Don't compare and despair with what you think other people are doing. Uh, people exaggerate a lot as well when mm-hmm. it comes to sex and their sex lives. So remember that. Um, secondly, this might sound obvious, but make time for it. Like actually put it in the diary. I know that sounds mad, but like literally schedule time, whether it be a date night um, or schedule time where there is an opportunity for intimacy to happen because people are busy. And there's this idea again, that sex should be always spontaneous and organic, but realistically, it actually takes a bit more work than that, especially when you're in a long-term relationship. Um, so putting aside time for it. Thirdly, focus on the quality of sex rather than the quantity. This is really, really important. So don't focus too much on numbers. Focus on, okay, but is the sex we're having, um, is it good? Like, is it is it fulfilling? Is it making me want to have more? And If it isn't, and if you feel you're stuck in a rut and you're kind of going through the motions, um, what I actually recommend, which sounds uh, probably counterproductive, but I swear it works, I recommend actually a sex ban. Um, So maybe even take a month and say, okay, sex is banned for the month, but kissing isn't banned, touching isn't banned, sexting isn't banned. You can do everything except go through the usual kind of kissing, foreplay, sex, linear thing that people can get a bit just fed up with. And so it makes you be a bit more creative and focus on pleasure and focus on connection. And then finally, I would just say, just try and talk about it, start talking about it and keep talking about it. And I know it's uncomfortable and I know it can be nerve wracking, but like some of the most important conversations we have are the uncomfortable ones. Mm -hmm. And the more you kind of get inside your own head and you're not communicating, that's where resentment builds. That's where the loneliness builds. That's where the real problems happen. So just try and talk. Communication is key. Mm -hmm. Grace, do you find that you're mad busy in January with loads of people, you know, taking a step back and reconsidering their sexual happiness? Is this a busy time for you? Yes, I am fully booked for January. Um, a good complaint. Um, now, I ran an offer in December for um, my followers over on Instagram that if they if they were a new client and they just wanted an initial session just to have a chat, I gave a bit of a discount just to help people feel that, like, you know, we're kicking off the new year by doing something proactive and, and getting the ball rolling. Um, Valentine's week, that kind of time tends to be um, busy as well because, you know, it's it's in the forefront of people's minds. And then the summer, Jen, it's so quiet because people are like, I don't want to think about what's going wrong in my life. I'm just going on holidays or whatever I'm mm-hmm. doing. So, yeah. Um, it adds it's good to take stock of your sexual well-being. Absolutely. Yeah. Grace, thank you so much for joining me today. Some great information there and great advice. Uh, but let me ask you, lastly, if you, if you have to give listeners one message to keep in mind for their sex life in 2024, what would it be? Yeah, so oh, it's hard to pick just one, but I think people can feel very disempowered and helpless and hopeless if there is an issue in their sex life. It can be very lonely and you don't know where to start. So the one message I would give is that I know it sounds cliche, but you have to advocate for yourself. Like nothing will change unless you actually take the steps to change it. No one's going to do it for you. So, you know, you have a lot more power than you think. There is help available. So you deserve it. Like go and get it for yourself. 
I'm getting a lot of texts in. I'm just going to read one here uh, for you. Somebody says, I, you might have some advice. I'm married 22 years and not once has my lovely wife initiated sex or anything sexual or emotional. And if I don't initiate it, we go without it. I often test her out and it goes for weeks or months. Nothing. When we do have sex, it's great. But that's the confusing part. Yeah, yeah. What could be happening here, and again, this is really, like, if I'm working with a couple, there'll be loads of questions I'll ask to try and get to the heart of this, of, of what is actually going on. But one thing that comes into my mind is, um, you know, when we think about desire, so actually wanting to have sex, um, we learn that it should be spontaneous, so that I'm kind of just thinking, oh, I'd like to have sex, and I go and go to my lovely partner, and we have sex. That's called spontaneous desire. But actually, a lot of people experience responsive desire. So actually, they, they experience it the other way around, where they have to experience pleasure and connection first, and then the desire builds. So you know what I mentioned about scheduling or, ta- or carving out time for intimacy? Yeah. That could be something really useful for that couple mm-hmm. uh, to actually make space for it rather than wait around for it to happen um, but I think even again just booking in a session having a chat would be a great first start for them yeah and maybe the texter says I often test her maybe don't test her maybe talk to her no. I don't know like you know talk maybe communication me. maybe talk about your, your issue w- would work for you um, Grace you're too good thank you so much if people want to um, go to you on Instagram or find you online where can they go yeah, so my website is gracealice.com and then my Instagram is gracealiceoshea. So you can find me there. Thank amazing. you so much. Thank you so much. There we go. That is Grace Alice, Alice O'Shea. Go and find her. She's amazing. Uh, just want to thank her again for joining us today in our sex and relationship therapy. Rachel, we'll be back next week when we will talk about relationship check-ins. Very important. And when to walk away. It's going to be heavy stuff, but it's going to be a good one. Jen Zamparelli on 2FM with Leia Healthcare. Always a beat ahead. Visit leiahealthcare.ie. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always.